yourself. How you doing? My name is uh, Reverend Greg Tillman. I'm here with another co-host of the podcast, uh, Reverend John Mason. We are currently the ministry of for such a time as this. Sister Janice is our sister, and she is a very vital part of this ministry, this podcast. And we on tonight would like to just reach out and share words of encouragement. We'll talk about some of the things that we've done. Um, we actually have a small slideshow that was showing on uh, Facebook. Um, sorry, I don't have it prepared for the TikTok stream. But um, if you would like, um, I'll send a... I'll send something to TikTok right quick that you can hook up with us on Facebook if you'd like to. But tonight we want to try to encourage people, um, all three of us, Reverend uh, Mason, Sister Janice, myself, we all have dealt with death in our own ways. And like she said, we're going to share a little bit of that on tonight. So we're gonna ask Reverend Mason if he would um, just give us a short word and he'll lead us in the prayer and then we'll go ahead on and see what the Lord has to say through us on tonight. Also, um, we'll be coming from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Brother Mason. Father, we're coming for you right now in the name of Jesus and we... Thank you, Father, just for another day. Uh, as always, Father, it's a day that wasn't guaranteed to us, it wasn't promised, Father. Lord, but because it was not our appointment time, Lord, you allowed us to be in the land of the living just a little while longer. So, Father, we thank you for that right now, and we thank you for another podcast, Father, that we have the opportunity, Father, and the honor to present and to uh, teach your word, Father. And Lord, we always pray that someone that hears what you have to say through us tonight will be saved, first of all, and next, Lord, that somebody will be encouraged, Father, that they will hear something, Lord, that would help them to have victory in this Christian walk. We thank you tonight, Father, and we pray ahead of time for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Father. We ask that your Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth, Father. And most of all, that he illuminates us and calls us to see and understand that very truth that he leads us to. And after all is said and done, Father, the number one thing is that we apply the word that we learned tonight. And Father, we just thank you for it right now because we believe that's what you're going to do. And we just thank you for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Mason, for that powerful prayer. Amen. I want to start off by um, reading our chosen scripture for tonight. Again, it's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Here we have Paul speaking. Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, 
that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with, the, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen, amen, amen. So again, tonight, we want to talk about grief. Um, how do you handle grief? Um, grief is something that we all will experience at one time or another. When we ask the question, and Sister Terrence, I'm going to give you this in just a moment. We ask the question, what is grief? Grief is a natural response to loss. It's the emotional suffering you feel when something or someone you love is taken away. Often the pain of loss can feel overwhelming. You experience all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions from shock to, or anger to disbelief, guilt, and profound sadness. Sister Joe, um, as I said earlier, Reverend Mason, one of the key things that all three of us have in common right now is that all three of us have lost our mothers and our fathers. Sister Joe, more recently, you've lost your mother. And I know with the time frame that my mother has been gone, and the odd thing about Reverend Mason and myself, we lost our mothers in the same year. Matter of fact, we lost our mother and father. His, he lost his father in the same year, just months apart. And it's been a little over five years for me. It's approaching five years for him. But you, Sister Janice, what has it been, four months now? Yes, your, since your mother. Thanksgiving Day, yes. Right. So what I want to do is we're going to give you the floor to talk about some of the stuff you dealt with, with your, the passing of your mother. And as people will find out, it hasn't only just been your mother. And then we'll shift over to Reverend Mason, and then I'll come in, and then we'll just deal with these slides and however the Lord leads us, that's what we'll do, okay? So we're going to give you the floor so you can express to the people or share with the people some of the things that you've dealt with and you're still dealing with. Because with you, your grief is fresh. And here's one thing that some people don't understand or find it hard to do with grief. You still have to go on. You still yeah. have to live life. So Sister Jay, if you will. Thank you. And my sincere condolences to everyone and anyone who's um, gone through, especially my brothers. Um, these are my brothers in the ministry and they have walked with me through, 
um, several of my family members. They have, they have been there for me. They have prayed for me. And I'm telling you, that's worth its weight in gold. When you have people who will be there with you through the grieving process, it really matters to have someone there. Um, my grieving um, started, you know, I, I'm the youngest of nine children. Let me start with that. I'm the youngest of nine and there are only three of us left. Um, I had a brother who passed away in March. Uh, he was in ICU and I want you to listen very closely because there's a lot of similarities in what I'm going to share with you. Um, my brother was in ICU uh, in the month of March. Um, and this was prior to, I think it was around 2017 when that happened. Um, like I said, there's no period of grief. You know, anytime anybody leaves your life, you're going to miss that person. And my brother and I were very close because he lived with me. And um, my brother went into ICU, but he never came home. Then in 2019, I had another brother um, to pass away. And he passed away in October of 2019. One month later in the no month of November, uh, his wife passed away. So we we had those two deaths that we had to deal with simultaneously right there together, right before the holidays. Um, then we were going into 2020. And then 2020, we didn't know that much about COVID. Of course, we heard about COVID-19, but we really didn't, you know, quite understand the, I guess, the depths of the magnitude of it. But um, I, I'll never forget, I received a call from my sister telling me that my niece was sick with COVID. And um, she just asked the family to, you know, come together, get together and, and pray for my niece. And, um, and we prayed, you know, but the Lord gave me a dream. And I dreamed that my niece is Nikki. She worked for Washington Hospital. I dreamed Nikki was um, coming home from mm. the hospital. And I dreamed, you know, she was going home. And I told the family, I said, you know, the Lord gave me a dream. She's going home. Little did I know that Nikki's home was not the home that I know of. Uh, Nikki, if y'all ever read the book of Daniel. Nikki passed away. And um, that was a very hard thing for us to deal with. Um, like I said, not really understanding it. But um, as we were going through the process of um, Nikki's funeral, um, her mom and brother got sick um, during this time also, and they um, had to go into the hospital. Not the, a lot of it was grieving, but I remember FaceTiming my sister and she was coughing a lot. My nephew was coughing a lot and um, they went into the hospital. But Nikki's funeral was set for a Monday. Well, as we were um, going through the process of Nikki's funeral, her brother died the very next day. We thought he was coming home from the hospital, but he died the very next day. I'm telling you, having to process that, I, I remember sitting on the bed and it was like the wind was knocked out of me. I know I sat on the bed for eight hours, eight hours straight, just talking to the Lord, you know, trying to make sense of everything. Well, it didn't stop there. Then it skipped the next day, which was on a Wednesday. And then on the very next day, my sister passed away, who was their mom. She was my best friend. So it's like, how, how do I process three deaths right here together? 
I'm telling you, it was it was it was very difficult. It was hard. Um, but I was always reminded of God's word. You know, lo, I'll be with you always. God said he promised me that he would never leave me nor forsake me. So the time that I sat on that bed was time that I had to commune with the Lord, to spend time in his presence, you know, and and to have him to help me walk through this because it was so much that we had to deal with. You know, then my 90 something year old mom at that time, we were trying to keep her from knowing, you know, so much about what was going on. Um, but it was a lot to deal with. And I'll tell you what helped me through that process um, was not only just prayer, having my prayer partners, having friends who were praying for me. But I had so many people that were calling me, asking me questions. And my advice is when people are going through grief, don't call them and ask them a whole lot of questions. Mm. Give them time to grieve. You know, mm. they were asking questions. You know, what happened? You know, I mean, it was just so much that was coming. And I'm like, just give me time to process this. Mm. It was a lot to process. How I process this, I got outside in my in a garden. I, I, I went out and my daughter... Um, bought all these materials because my, my sister and I, we always talked about, you know, the garden. She always had a garden. We had a garden growing up. And, and let me tell you what I did. I built a garden and I had so much stuff in that garden. It was an overflow, but I poured my heart into gardening. And let me tell you it. it and that gave me the peace that I wanted because every morning I would go to that garden and I would talk. I would talk to to the soil. I would talk to the dirt. I would talk to the Lord. I had a I, I made a seating area out there where I could just sit out there and talk. That's something that helped me was getting my hands in the dirt, mm. deep in the dirt. You know, God. You know, you formed us. You made us out of this soil. Help me to understand all these things that I'm having to process. But that's how I did. I poured myself into that garden. That garden was so beautiful as an end result of it. I, it was so beautiful until the, um, the, the Washington post, I, I met a couple of reporters and they came out and they interviewed me because during this time we were getting a lot of people from CNN, from, from different radio stations, from different television stations, from my back home in North Carolina, people were contacting, just not me, but family members, can we get an interview? So we had all the reporters wanting an interview because this was deep to have three people die of COVID like that. The story became so big until they aired it on CNN. I mean, it's all out there on, on the web, but you know, they, they aired it on CNN and um, they talked about it, but these people, they came out and they took pictures of my garden and they did this long write-up, you know, and, and they, this, this, the thing here, they didn't finish the write-up. They were in the process of writing when we were dealing with all of that. And this was in 2020. Well, in 2021 on my birthday, I got sick with COVID. So the story is still being written from this news reporter. So I got sick with COVID um, on my birthday and I went into the hospital um, around Valentine's Day. I was in ICU with um, COVID pneumonia and I was told that, you know, if I didn't allow them to put the, the trach in me, that I was going to die. That's what the doctors told me. But the Lord had again given me another dream 
And he showed me that if I allowed them to do that, that I, that it was going to pierce my soul. That was the dream that I had. And I could not, the force of the oxygen was so fierce until it took two people to strap the oxygen to my head. And so I, um, the, the doctors knew that that was taking too much. It was like, how could your lungs take all of that air? They were amazed at it, you know? But they didn't know the God that I serve. <laughs> the God that I serve would allow me to take all of the force of the oxygen and still keep me alive. The doctor Therefore. said, you know, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying. And I couldn't really talk. But I said, I trust God. That's all I could get out of my mouth. I trust God. They said, well, what if your heart stopped? I trust God. So going through all of that, I'm going to speed this story up. I got out of um, I was in an intensive care from February until March. Uh, I was on oxygen for six months, but whenever I was, the night that I was going to get out of the hospital, CNN showed my sister's story on the news. So I had to deal with that grief of getting out of the hospital when I saw my sister's um, story on the news where she would never be able to go home. So I had to, you know, deal with that grief. That was very hard. But like I said, we traveled together. We did everything together. You know, she, she, I was her baby. She would get me dressed, you know, on Sundays, lay out our clothes on Saturday night, you know, and dress me like I was her baby, even though she had children. But we, we did everything together. And I tell you, it was hard. And I named that garden Little Peaches. And because that's what she would always call me, I was her Little Peaches. And, um, Whenever I got out of the hospital in March, my brother um, died. I had another brother die. Now, this is the second brother I had to die in the month of March. I was on oxygen for six months. I wasn't able to go to the funeral, so I never had closure. I didn't really feel like I had closure from those three that died prior, because during COVID, you never <coughs> get a chance to um, you know, get close up. You know, you, you didn't really have uh, a funeral. It was like a graveside thing that we had to go to. So I didn't have that closure. Um, then my brother died. I didn't have closure with that. Okay, so dealing with all of that, we're going to go forward. Now we're dealing with the 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, 2022 came around. Then my mom got sick with COVID. And there are so many things I could share to you about how God shows me that these things are about to take place is I always see a number is 9-11. He would always show me 9-11 and I always have a dream about a pig and I will explain that to you some other time. But um, my mother um, became sick with COVID and um, my mother was 99 years old and on Christmas day, I lost <clears throat> to complications from COVID. So every year I have been dealing with death from people who are very close to me, very close to me. And these things were during the holidays. You know, my cousin came to visit this weekend and then we sat down and we started talking about this. And she said, you know, it's funny because um, my mother's sister died at um, Christmas Eve. And then my other sister was buried on Christmas Eve. You know, uh, this was another sister and my grandmother died right here um, at the 4th of July. So we have a lot of 
holidays. I was like, Lord, just about all the holidays, are, you know, we, we have death. But how I handled it was I stayed in the word of God. How I handle it now, I stay in the word of God. I stand on the word of God. I believe God's word is true. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Whenever I see pictures of my mother, I don't, it, it doesn't make me grieve because I know that my mother is free. I know that my mother is happy. You know, I know that she, she's not in that place where she's hurting anymore. So that gives me comfort. When I hear my mother's voice, you know, on, on, on um, my um, answering machine, it gives me joy because my mother loved me and I loved her. Yes, I miss my mother. I, I mean, I miss all of my siblings. I miss all of them because I said at one point, I was like, sometimes the grief was so heavy and I would say, Lord, why do I have to go through all of this? And the Lord reminded me, this has nothing to do. What, what you're going through is to help somebody else. You, you know, God, when he made us, he knew the family that I would be in. He knew the family that you would be in. He knew the weight of the glory that he would place upon you. So God knew where I would be, what I would be. Like in Psalms, what is it, 139? I know you're uprising and you're going down. He knows where we are in our grieving period. But God says, if you keep your mind on me, I will keep you in perfect peace. So I had to stay in my mind with the Lord. I had to keep my mind on him. Whenever I felt that thing getting real heavy, I would have to go right into worship. I would have to play me some worship music to get my mind off of what I was going through, what I was dealing with. Because if you don't, the, the enemy can play with your mind. When my mom first died, I'll never forget the thing that was the, the strangest thing to me is I was walking in, in the shopping area and I felt so alone. I felt like I was the only one. I felt lost. Like I didn't have anybody with me. My mom, you know, she's gone. That's it. But I find myself helping other people, praying for other people, you know, saying, hey, you're going through this. I've been through it. You know, I'm here. I'm here to help you. God gave me strength and peace like I can't explain it. He gave me peace in the midst of all of this because I have to help somebody else along this journey. I have to tell somebody else, I went through it. You can go through it. God knows where you are. Yes, it's heavy, but there's heaven has no, no sorrow. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. That's my, my story. That's my testimony. And I give it over and over again because God's love is amazing. His love is absolutely amazing. And I, you know, and I find that I'm fulfilling the purposes of God by going out telling my testimony. I'm, I'm fulfilling the purposes of God by encouraging other people and telling them, hey, you can do it. You can do it. Amen, Sister Janice. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, my story started years ago. Um, actually, my grief hit me um, in 1988. Um, 
I didn't know how to handle it then. I'm good now. But I had a situation where I was married at the time and the young lady I was married to asked to ride to the store with some other people. Amen, Sister Ingram, but God and Sister Latimer, God's love is truly amazing. Um, and I said to her, and she'd never done this before, and it was strange that she did this. I said, sure, you can go, you can ride with them. You're only going to the store. And in my mind, I said, it's not like I'll never see you again. Well, about 20 minutes later, she was dead with a car laid back up on top of her. <clears throat> and when they didn't come back to the house in a time frame that I thought I figured they had went to see her mother, and so I said, let me go check on some friends. And the house that I was going to is the driveway she died in. And there is this car laid back on top of her. Um, I was sharing this with someone earlier today. Um, that to cut, kind of cut across the field and get on up today, that took me to some bad places. If you don't handle grief, Grief will handle you. Grief had me ready to end it all. I was in so much pain because I was constantly reminded of the visual of what I saw. And at that time, I'm young. I'm not in church like I'm supposed to be. I had gotten to the point to where I went to church so much that I was one of those that left church for a while. But through it all, God kept me. Um, I did seek counseling, and that's something that I used to kind of look down on Christians and going to counseling. But my pastor helped me with that. He said, if God will give you a doctor for your body, why won't he give you one for your mind? And that made so much sense, Reverend Mason, Sister Janice, and to our viewing audience. And so eventually I did what I needed to do to right. get past and to be able to handle that period of my life. But then in 2008, my sister was diagnosed with cancer. And so I was not working at the time. So I came back home and helped take care of my sister. And when she died, she was like the backbone of the family. She, she was the one that held the family together. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Bob. She, she held us all together. And when she died, it was like, it's just not right now. And what helped me with my grief with my sister was she was in so much pain that the strongest morphine and the strongest oxycotton only gave her about 15 minutes of relief. That's how much pain she was. Mm -hmm. So when she died, I kind of looked at it like a seesaw. The seesaw goes up and down, and that's how it was. But to level it off, Joe, when the seesaw was way down here and I'm hurting and grieving, I would say she's not here but I leveled it off by saying she's not in pain anymore. Right. That's what got me through with my sister. To know that even though she's not here, 
she's not in that pain anymore. And I heard her tell one of my family members, she said, you got to take my place when I go see Jesus. So that gave me consolation right there that she was going to be all right. We were going to miss her presence. Right. Her children were going to miss her. But the fact that she wasn't in any pain is how I got through with her grief. Yeah. Fast forward to five years ago, which was 10 years after my sister died. My mother died from the same thing my sister died from. Now, that was a hard one. Yeah. All of them were difficult in their own way, but it's something about mama. That's right. I remember my grandmama lived to be 96 years old. And for some reason, I don't know why, I just thought my mama wouldn't die until she got to 96. I thought she would do what her grandmama did, what my grandmama did, hang around till she 96. Mama would always say, because she stopped going to church. And that was something mama didn't do. Mama went to church. And she stopped going to church and she would say, nobody knows what's going on with me, but me and the Lord. And one thing that gave me peace also is that when I became a pastor, and I prayed this prayer, I tell you, God will answer prayer. I said, Lord, let my mama live long enough to see me pastor. And when I got my first pastoring assignment, she was so happy. Mm -hmm. And the last time she came to church on her own, she came to my installation service. I got a picture now up on my Facebook page. That's my mama in church, yeah. listening to her son try to sing, about to walk up in the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> but Mama did something that was strange. Mama had a routine. She was always moving around the house. She was always doing stuff. Mama just stopped doing things. Don't like Mama. Yeah. Mama got sick. Mama, I knew something was wrong when my mama laid in the floor and would not get up. Yeah. She, she was comfortable right there just laying in the floor. And when she did that, I knew something was right. So got the family together, eventually got her to the hospital, because you know some older people don't like to go to the hospital, yeah. don't believe in going to the hospital. And I was at work, and my brother called me. And this was on a, I think it was on a Thursday. He said, Greg, I'm just going to give it to you. Mama has da 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 and they ain't giving her one. Five days later, my mama left us. And it was just so weird to not have mama around. Yeah. I know mama all my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, that may sound crazy, but yeah. all my life I've known this lady. And this lady has been there for me. She's done this. She's taught me, she's raised me because my dad died years ago and now she gone. How do you handle that? Right. How do you pick up the phone and not dial mama's phone number and then you're like, oh, mama ain't gonna answer that. You gotta hang up. Yeah. 
how do you not see that little lady walk around the house like she do, singing them good old spirituals like she used to do? Because she gone now. How, how do you not eat mama's food no more? <laughs> mama, mama had me spoiled. She used to make a special pan of dressing for Christmas and Thanksgiving, sister. They were real thin and, and hit that bottom a little bit. Yeah. And now all of this is gone. How you deal with it? How, how do you handle when you want to talk to somebody, but they ain't there to talk to me? Grief is something because, see, a lot of times the initial shock, yeah. it'll come in like a flood. Um, you can be driving in your car, it's the, the, um, the, 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 see, I'm thinking now, as the uh, PowerPoint says, I, I couldn't even get it out. You can be driving, you can be doing dishes, you can be getting ready for work, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a thought about them will come. A memory of them will come. And a lot of times, we take pictures. But I try to share with people now, take videos. Because that video, you can see them alive. You can take some joy. You can yeah. get some comfort out seeing them. Mm-hmm. And that video would just help you to smile. Yeah. And we're not the only ones that have lost love. We just happen to be three. Lord have mercy. Sister Barbara says, I can relate to that. I always seen her on the anniversary at Gateway Station yep, every year. And if you think you miss her, good Lord, I really miss her. But not having her here. Just call, yeah. or just go by. Mm-hmm. That hurt yeah. for a while, and it still hurts sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. I was sharing with someone today. I miss my mom. Been five years. Yeah. I know she's better. Right. I know she's not dealing with what she used to deal with. I, I know she was ready. She said, "I just want to go home." Right. Her and her mom both at the end of that day said, I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. They weren't talking about their earthly homes either. Right. <laughs> but what I do now is I have certain people. I can talk with Reverend Mason. I can talk with Sister Janice. I have a friend who's a licensed social worker who has a ma- who's working on her PhD in, in grief and things of that nature. I have certain people I can talk to. How do I handle it? I remember the good. I shake off the bad. Yes. How do I handle it? Sometimes you got to cry all by yourself. Sometimes you just got to get away. Mm -hmm. Therapy for me is sometimes sitting beside a body of water. Getting in my vehicle and just driving and riding. And see, you can't talk to everybody. Because everybody won't understand. True. Some folks not where you are. Some folks still have both of their parents. How do I handle it? Sometimes I cry. Yeah. But I thank God she's okay. And I remember what she taught me. And that was to live for Jesus. And if I live right, 
one day I'll see you again. Yes. But until that point, I have to handle the grief and not let the grief handle me because like it said, you can miss so much, somebody so much that your breath will be taken away, tears will start from, and the pain you feel will actually cause you physical pain. So you have to put it all in perspective. Mm -hmm. You're right, Sister Barbara. She's in no more pain. She's good to go. Yes. She's good. But but it it still hurts. Yeah. yeah. Still hurts. She she was 90, she almost made 91. Mm -hmm. God gave her three score and ten plus twenty. Exactly. So she lived a long, long life. Yeah, I can relate to everything that everyone has said because I've been in that place. Uh, I remember uh, my mom, especially. Uh, you know, first, let me start with my dad first. Uh, always have been real close to him, uh, brought up, learned a lot from him. He was always there, uh, come from a family of, of actually nine, nine kids. Uh, and my dad uh, has always been there uh, for each and every one of us. You know, we never went without clothes on our back, a roof over our head. Uh, food eating. Um, he worked worked hard. I think that's where I got my uh, my work ethic from. Uh, watching him, uh, he always was that that provider. You know, if you need to talk to him, he would always take time out to talk to you. Uh, and I think a lot of times he uh, maybe didn't know exactly what to say. But he would say something and always find words to to encourage. Uh, so you know, over the years, he he always did that. But later on, in the, as he got older, uh, his health stopped failing him, and uh, stayed sick for a long time, uh, in and out of the hospital. Uh, I never had to go to a rest home anywhere because uh, my oldest sister stepped in to, uh, to take care of me. And uh, I remember the day when they called us to the hospital, uh, said that he had turned for the worst and they wasn't expecting for him to uh, uh, basically make it through the night. And uh, so we was all at the hospital and uh, he made it through the night. And when we left, uh, we got a call. I was telling us that you know, he had passed. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, one of the things that we did, you know, he, he got to the place where uh, he couldn't respond. Right. You know, and when you get used to uh, your dad yeah, responding, yeah. Uh, whenever you ask him a question, and uh, a lot of times you would, you know, crack jokes, and he always had this uh, 
type of personality uh, that you couldn't help but just to uh, love him for. And when we, uh, me and my brothers, uh, just two of us at the time, uh, we had the opportunity to tell our dad exactly how we felt and to thank him for everything that he had done and, uh, you know, how valuable he was to us in our lives. And, uh, if it hadn't been for him, we wouldn't have been here that we are today. And uh, even though he couldn't respond, but they say the, the last thing to go is your hearing. So we believe that he heard <coughs> everything that we see. Right. Um, but when you look at someone that's always been in your life, uh, ever since he was under, able to understand that uh, they was in your life, all of a sudden, they are no longer there. Mm. You, you try to process it. It's not hard to process the longevity of them being there. What's hard to process now is what we call the new normal, mm -hmm. where you have to adjust. Mm -hmm. You got to make the adjustment now of yeah. not being there. And it was hard to do that. And the way I've always handled grief, I've always handled it by staying busy. Yes. I'm, I'm naturally, I've, every, every job I've had has always been a job that was demanding of my time. So I've always spent many hours uh, working. And so that helped me a lot when my dad passed. And my dad passed in, on June the 13th, uh, 2018. And the sad thing was that uh, while we were trying to adjust to my dad's passing, uh, maybe 30, maybe 38 days later, my mom passed, mm. August the 11th, uh, 2018. Mm. Now that, that right there was a blow. That's right. Mm -hmm. That was a blow. So we're, we're, we're trying to process Hadn't got over my dad. It was really fresh at the time. And uh, and my mom, uh, when she passed, uh, that was one of the most hardest things to, to deal with because I, I kind of understood getting uh, separated from the umbilical cord, you know, so to speak. You know? Right. Uh, I, I kind of knew sort of how that worked, you know, uh, uh, through that umbilical cord, what the purpose of it was, you know, as far as being able to feed me and uh, nourish me and, and, and everything that the umbilical cord did. Uh, but when they cut the umbilical cord, they separate you from you and your mom. Right. I, but this type of separation. <laughs> <laughs> It's something that no one can comprehend. Right. Right. I used to lay in the bed at night when I was a little boy. And uh, I would lay there and I would just think, how would it be if my mom died? And man, I would just start crying 
and just just flooding my pillow with tears and just just crying as if she had already passed. Wow. And I would just think about how bad that would be. Just that feeling, <clears throat> just the just the thought of she's not here anymore. She's gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. So little did I know, many years later, I was gonna have to live that. Uh, I remember when my mom was sick, she was in hospice, and uh, we had been going back and forth to hospice for about two weeks, uh, seeing her. And, and, you know, you pray. Uh, and, and when you pray, you, you, you believe and trust God because you've seen God work miracles before. You've seen him uh, when the doctor shake his head and say no, no and, God says yes, you know. Sometimes when the doctor says yes, God says no. <laughs> and so I, I, I've seen that over the years. I've seen God work many miracles, not only in my life, but other people's lives. Yes. So I knew he was able. That was one down the line. He was able. So we know that he could heal them all. So we, you know, we prayed for that and we, we expected for that to happen. Um, but it seemed like the longer we prayed, the worse it got. Uh, that has a type of, I guess you say, influence on you to where you begin to adjust your mind to accept what possibly could happen. You don't want to. But you know now that there's a possibility that it can. Right. And, and you don't doubt God at all that he is able to step in and turn that situation around. Oh, we know he can. He's done it many times. Absolutely. Yes. But you still have to prepare yourself for the worst also. So you know, I, that's the key thing that you said right there is prepare yourself. Because yeah. I was sitting here and I was thinking, you know, how do we help somebody else or what do we tell somebody else right. who is going through this thing or who have not yet entered into this grieving stage? You know, that's a key word right there that you said. Preparation. Prepare yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Sister Joe, I, I make this story uh, short. Uh, I remember when uh, we had stayed the whole weekend with my mom, you know, and uh, and we were listening to what the uh, people were saying at hospice. You know, they they just wanted to give her medicine to make her comfortable you know, because they had seen that stage before and they knew it wouldn't be long uh, before she wouldn't be with us anymore. So uh, we already been there all day, so we decided to go home. By the time we got home and laid down, got the phone call. It told his mom had passed. You know? And the uh, the thing that that got me is, is that when we made our way back to the hospice center, uh, my brothers was there and my older brothers, you know, they were there. And uh, they was telling me that they hadn't been to the room yet because uh, they couldn't make it. He said he got about halfway and his knees started buckling on him. He, he couldn't make it, you know, so. Uh, me and my wife, we decided that we were going anyway. So we walked down to the room and one of the hardest things is 
walking into the hospital room and seeing your mom lying there. Yes. Motionless. Right. Not speaking, not smiling. Mm -hmm. And you see that that lifeless figure laying on the bed. Mm. I remember walking, uh, I remember walking over there and uh, uh, I stood beside my mom and I took my hand and I rubbed across the head and I grabbed the hand and I just lost it, man. My goodness. I just lost it, man. I don't care how strong you are. That's right. I don't care how much you believe in God. When you lose someone like your mom, yes, none of that even matters at the time. All you know is that your mom is gone. Yeah. And there's nothing you could say or you can do about it. Reality hits you in the face at that time. Yeah. To where true. you have to accept what you don't want. And there's mm -hmm. nothing you can do. That is so true. You know, because whenever I saw, I was not there whenever my mom passed away. My, my sister would FaceTime me when she would go um, over to the hospital. And I have never seen anyone change so fast. I mean, her face was changing every day. And when I would see that, it was like, I mean, it, it was like, it was like she wasn't there anymore. Even though I knew that was my mom, I physically saw her changing. Mm -hmm. And that was a very hard thing for me because my mom was lively. She was the one, oh, baby, oh, darling, oh, sugar at 99 years old, still cooking still baking biscuits, still, you know, talking about the Lord, still doing her puzzle books and stuff, lively. But to see that, it is it's heartbreaking. It is. It's heartbreaking to see that they, they're, they're leaving. You you would see them um, leaving. I'm going to tell you one thing I saw um, that Lord showed me um, a couple of nights before my mom um, transitioned. This was even before she got sick. The spirit of the Lord showed me she was leaving. I saw a the hospital. You know how they have you in that drawer? And I saw a toe tag. And in my spirit, I knew something, somebody was leaving. I, I didn't know exactly who it was, but the spirit of the Lord had already showed me that it was something was getting ready to happen but to to and it happened so fast it was like she was <clears throat> so Reverend Mason my heart goes out to you and Greg the stories that you guys have told I mean you know even though I've known you all for years and you've walked with me through this thing I've never really known your stories and I'm telling you my heart grieves for you even now <clears throat> thank you Rev. Mason, um, when you were talking about your seeing your mama when you walked in the room, I, I left out that part because I do remember my mama stopped talking, I think like three days before she passed away. 
Mm-hmm. And some of the last words I remember my mama saying is she was just reaching her hand saying, Mama, Mama. Yeah, Lord. Mm. Like she could see her mama and mm-hmm. she was trying to get to her. And when I walked in the room and saw her, her hands were up like this when she had that. Mm. Wow. Sister Janice, I just sent you something that you can post on your TikTok. It's a teardrop. I sent it to you for you and your family. I'm posting it on mine. I'm getting ready to post it on my page. It's called The Task of Grief. And it's a teardrop that breaks down the word tear. Listen to what it says. T is to accept the reality of the loss. E is to experience the pain of the loss. A is to adjust to the new environment without the lost person. And R is to reinvest in the new reality. So I'm putting that up. Like I said, I I sent it to you, Sister Joe. Mason, I'll send it to you. You can put it on your page. I'm going to put it up on my Facebook page. Matter of fact, I'm posting that as we speak. Thank you. I like that. I like that very much. And, you know, I forgot to add also that my, my daughter is on here. Um, thank you, Divine Times 3, for being on. I, Mommy loves you. Um, oh, that I lost my mother-in-law. I'm not married anymore, but my ex-mother-in-law, she died mm-hmm. in the same year that my sister passed away. So um, she was like a mother to me. So it was like I was losing. My sister was like a mother to me. So right there in the, in two years, I felt like I lost three mothers. Wow. Like, uh, but uh, grief is, is is something, and there are, as you can see on the slideshow, there are five stages of grief. There is the denial. There's anger. There's bargaining. There's depression, and finally, there's acceptance. And it says these stages are to or our attempts to change and protect ourselves from the new reality, basically. So when it comes to grief, and we can't deal with scripture without dealing with the scripture. So in our scripture, (laughs) Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica because they were under the impression that the Lord was coming back immediately. And so they, excuse me, they had, just stop doing anything. They were being idle. And Paul had to get on them about their idleness. But then there were those who wanted to know about their loved ones who had died in the Lord. And so Paul writes this. He says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He equates a Christian dying to just going to sleep. So whenever a Christian dies, we don't really die. We just go to sleep because we've already died because we died to sin and when we accepted Jesus Christ. He said, that you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. Now, when he talks about this here, he's saying, don't lose it. He's not saying don't grieve. Right. And for those of you that want to tell people how long to grieve, how they should grieve, please stop. You can't tell a person how to grieve. That's right. And here's something else. Even if you lose someone 
and another person lose that same person, say like you lost your mother, and then one of your friends lose your mother, or you lose a child, one of your friends lose your, or whatever they lose. Stop telling people also you know how they feel. Right. No, you don't. <laughs> No, you don't. You, you don't know how somebody feels because sometimes yeah. that person hasn't even processed how they're feeling. Right. Um, exactly. A friend of mine just lost his wife. He's a colleague in ministry. And after the funeral, I reached out to him. I said, I'm here if you need me. I said, I've been down this road. I said, I'll never tell you I know how you feel. But I will tell you, I can relate to where you are because yeah. I've been there. That's right. Yes. So you may mm. be experiencing the same type of loss, but you don't know how that person feels. You know right. some things they're feeling, they're hurt, yeah. But you Come don't on. know the totality of the relationship. That's right. If it's a mother and a daughter, you don't know whether everything was okay, whether they were at odds before one of them died or whether they got everything right. You don't know what's haunting them. So please stop telling people you know how they feel. Sometimes the best thing to do is just say, I'm here if you need me. It's true. Thank you. And That's like Sister it. Joe was saying, when all this loss was going on with her, people come with this false, I'm sorry for your loss, but, but what happened? Come on now. <laughs> come on. That's the wrong time. That's Thank not you. the time. And it and, and doesn't really matter what happened because what has ultimately happened is someone is gone now. Yes. So Paul says, don't grieve as one that have no hope. He said, for this we say, no, he said, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Here's some good news right here. That's some good news, Mason. That's some good news, Joe. That's good news for everybody. Those of your loved one that died in the Lord, mm -hmm. the Lord said, or the word said, he said, God gonna bring them back with Jesus when he comes. Right. So you'll see them again. <laughs> yes. That's some good news. You may miss them now, but here's some hope. Here's some good news. Here's something you can take heart in. One day you're gonna see them again. Yes, absolutely. I got to slow down because I'm getting too happy here. <laughs> <laughs> he said, the Lord going to bring them back. Yes. Verse 15, he said, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. You can count on God's word. Pastor, mm -hmm. I ain't making this up. I'm telling you this by the word of the Lord. That mm -hmm. we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. No, those that are mm -hmm. asleep in the Lord, God going to get them up and bring them back. Yes, he is. He said, verse 10, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, Lord Emerson, with the voice of the archangel, <laughs> with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ arise through. So the Come loved on. ones that's been that they gonna a change gonna happen so quick. Mm -hmm. Come on, preach, preacher. I'm trying not to, but I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> a change gonna happen. I heard it read at a funeral today. It said mortal gonna have to put on immortality. <laughs> Corruption gonna have to put on incorruption. Come on. And you know how sometimes we find consolation in going to the graveyard? They ain't there. Yeah. Mm -mm. Their remains are there. That's right. 
But God gonna do something when that great getting up morning comes. When that great getting up day come, mm. they gonna have glorified bodies and they're gonna come back. Oh Lord, he said, the dead, then we which are alive and remain. And there's no guarantee we're going to be here when the Lord comes back. We'll probably be part of the dead in Christ. Because right. I often say, we at this stage got more days behind us than mm -hmm. we got in front of us. Lord have mercy. That's why we ought to take advantage of, like Ephesians say, we need to redeem the time. Right. We need to take advantage right. of the time, make the most of the time, that, because we don't know how much time we got left. True. So Paul said, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to yeah. meet the Lord in the end. So shall we, and here's the good, here's the more good thing. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Ever, forever. And then he says this right here. Comfort one another with these words. Yeah. So if you grieve, here's something now, and, and I got to hit, because you know we, we just come correct. I gotta give you some good news. I think I need to give you some, I need to give you some more good news, but I gotta give you some <laughs> bad news first. Sister Joe, you said this to me the other day on a phone call. It bothers me when I go to a funeral <clears throat> that everybody going to heaven. <laughs> everybody could have just shot up some folks. I don't know. Maybe he got it right before they died, but everybody ain't going to heaven. Oh. I'm sorry. I got to tell the truth. Wow. But in reality, everybody is going to heaven. Right. Now let me clear that up. There's a day you got to stand before the Lord. And you're going to stand at one of two places. Yeah. Now, the two places that you got to stand going to seem oxymoronic for the people standing in line. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? One of them is the great white throne. Mm -hmm. One of them is the judgment seat of Christ. You would think that if you're standing in front of a great white throne, everything going to be all right. Exactly. And then you would think if you standing in front of the judgment seat, that's not good. Right. That's what you would think. Mm -hmm. I got to flip the script. Because if you end up standing in front of the great white throne, that's not good. Right. You're standing. If you in front of this big white throne, and it'll probably be pretty. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I'm, I'm just surmising that it's gonna be pretty. That's the last pretty thing you're gonna see. Because you're on your way to hell. Now, if you're standing in front of the judgment seat of Christ, your work's gonna be judged, right. not mm -hmm. you. Your work's gonna be tried to see if they sustainable. Yeah. Is heaven or is hell? Lord, pray for me, Sister Bobby. It's heaven or it's hell. You're going to miss one. You ain't going to miss them both. Right. And so, if your loved one died, and I know we're talking about grief, and this is just reality, 
they didn't know Jesus Christ. That's a bad thing. But if they died knowing Jesus Christ, that's a good thing. If you want to see them again, you better make sure you know Jesus Christ. Because if they died knowing him and you died not knowing him, you'll never see them again. I hate to turn that curve, but we got to hit people with reality because what's being preached and what's being taught nowadays does not tell people or is not trying to get people to heaven. It's talking about your anointing and your breakthrough and your miracle and your prosperity. What's all that got to do with you going to heaven? Yeah, God said, I wished above all that you would prosper and be in good health. He said above all, prosper and be in good health. Even as your soul prosper, he ended. So if your pocketbook's fat and your insides is corrupt, you're just a fat cat on your way to hell. Come on through. Sorry to take this turn, but somebody needs to know you got to know Jesus for yourself. And that's who Paul is writing to. He's writing to believers here. He's saying, don't lose hope because if they died in the law, you won't see them again. Right. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are grieving, that's some good news right there. If your loved one died in Christ, because the scripture said, blessed are the dead who die in the law. For they rest from their labor. You see, grief is an expected response to a painful loss. The experience and the duration, and we just got through saying this, which can vary from person to person. Mm-hmm. Again, stop telling people how to grieve, how long they should grieve, when you think their grief time should be over. Go to a funeral and say, don't cry. There's somebody mama laying up there. You're going to tell them don't cry. There's somebody sibling laying up there. You're going to tell them don't cry. Come on now. What Green about fingers. those who said, I got you, but they never do. <laughs> After they the funeral is over, you don't, yeah. you don't see people. They're not there. <laughs> will say, I'll pray for you. You never really, sometimes those prayers don't go through. Or, you know, stay connected. Sometimes you you need to connect with somebody. And sometimes it's best just to be by yourself. Because sometimes you could be connected to the wrong people during the grieving process. Here's something that people don't understand about individuals who lose somebody. They don't get to start grieving really until that body is put in the ground after the funeral and they've handled all the business that they need to handle with that person. Yes. Because there's so much that's got to be done. Arrangements Mm -hmm. and clothes and picking out this and coming together. And here's something else that can make grief so much easier or so much better. Stop arguing with each other. When somebody dies, that just makes oh. the grief process worse. 
Stop arguing. Stop fussing over who gonna get this or she need to wear that or he said he wanna do this. Just come together. That's true. And here's something that I learned from uh, my friend who's the licensed social worker who is in this field. I said one day I was talking to her, I said, well, I said, somebody gotta be strong. She said, Greg, she said, why does somebody have to be strong? She said, can't we all just be weak together? <laughs> <laughs> My Lord. His strip is made perfect. Yes. In weakness. Mm -hmm. Amen. So you got to be strong while everybody else is being weak. So you tearing yourself up lying because you're just as weak as they are and you're pretending to be something that you're not. So you're really hurting yourself. Right. Yeah. And I just wonder what exactly do they mean when they say be strong? I don't know. I ain't figured out what I'm yes, Right. Because how do you be strong when you're going through a grieving process? Right. You can always Where? be strong and everybody's not going to process things the same way. Exactly. And, and you're going through a process where grieving is required. Yes. And what I, and what I mean by that, uh, Paul says that we don't grieve like those do who have no hope. But we grieve two ways. As Christians, we grieve two ways. And we should. Because he says here that ye sorrow not, which is the same thing as grief. Right. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So we should be grieving because we're going to miss our loved ones. Right. But we should be missing or grieving also because we're going to miss our loved ones. Right. We're grieving, missing our loved ones going to heaven to be with Christ. Then we're grieving again of our loved ones going to hell. Mm. So you open up that can. Grief is is different for for each individual. Some members of the family can handle it better than others. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people, once they lose a loved one, they not the same no more. Right. I have a cousin whose mother died over 30 years ago. She hasn't been to a funeral since. Lost brother, mm -hmm. father, can't go to a funeral. You know, that's amazing that you say that because I was one of my classmates when she came to my mom's funeral. Um, she was grieving so hard at my mom's funeral until, I mean, I consulted her and she, she, she contacted me after that and she said it was so hard. You know, she came in support, but she said, Joe, that's what she called me. She said, when I looked at your mom up there, she said, the only thing I could see was my son and her son had passed like uh, some months ago, but she was still grieving, you know? And like you said, some people find it hard to even attend funerals. Mm -hmm. who grieve. Some people, um, I, I know one girl was on Facebook and she constantly, I would always see her on there. My heart would go out to her, but she was constantly grieving over her son and she eventually, she passed away. Um, but there are some people, you know, you, you hear about stories, um, couples who have been together for so long, um, mm -hmm. when one passed, then the other one would pass um, because mm -hmm. they 
grieve so hard um, until the, you know they would they would leave also. Um, I was gonna say something that kind of slipped me, but the grief process is unique to the individual and the relationship of the person that they're grieving over. Right. Mm -hmm. um, some people, their worlds pretty much end when a person dies. Mm -hmm. Some people find it hard to go on, but you have to. You cannot stop living <coughs> because, someone passes, because someone passes away. Here's something that all of us need to know. And that is Hebrews 9 and 27. Is true, was true, and will always be true. And as it is appointed unto me, once to death, but after this to judgment. All of us have an appointment with death. Yes. An appointment. We got an appointment. Unlike your hair appointment, car appointment, doctor's appointment, whatever. You can't cancel it. You can't reschedule it. You can't change it. And you won't even miss it. Because it's coming. Mm -hmm. And Joe, you said that word. And here's one of the things that makes death so hard. Unexpected deaths. Yeah. When yes, you don't yes. expect a person. When, when a person is fine and all of a sudden they go, you're like, man, I just talked with them last just week. With, just I just saw them yesterday. I, you yes. need to tell me they gone? That, that's the one that really messes with you. Right. Yes. And even like with, I think all three of us had the situation where our moms were in the hospital or in hospice. So we were literally waiting on right. them to leave us. Process, yeah. 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 We were trying to process. And even in the process of trying to prepare ourselves, I don't care. You never really prepared for it. Right. You never really prepare for that person to take their last breath. Mm -mm. You're not prepared. Unfortunately, uh, when my sister and my mom died, I was not in the room. Because I don't know how I would have handled seeing them take their last breath. Right. Mm. That's something that can stick with you, too. That's something that can torment you. Right. Because as I said, when the young lady was married, when Carol died, I saw that car laying on top of her. Oh, my and Lord. That thing taunted and haunted me for seven years. Yeah. And here's something else be honest with your grief. Yeah. Don't try to say you're okay and you're not. Amen. You're only hurting yourself, you'll hurt other people. That's right. You only hurt yourself and you'll hurt other people. But here's something that just hit me, guys. It reminds me of something that my original father in the ministry said. He says, sometimes you've got to be bruised to be a blessing. Look at all three of us. Look, mercy, Lord. All three of us have been hurt so we can help somebody else. That's right. Sometimes you got to experience this kind of hurt. Yeah. Come on. To help somebody else. That's right. So, Janice, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up because this thing is, to me, is good. And I know all of us are we're containing emotions because we all 
could have our own breakdowns oh, right now. At any time. Yeah, because when when it just when it hits you, right. I, it, like I said, it, even in the midst of this, it could just like all of us could have a moment. Yes. Because we all have those special memories. Right. right. Like I said, when I told my mama I got this church, she walked up to me. Let's see, this was 2007. She pinched my cheek. <laughs> That's special to me. Grew up doing that. Yeah. Here I am. Six years ago, 51 years old, mama still pinching my cheek. I know. Isn't that a beautiful thing, girl? Yeah. My mom, it's like every time I call my mom, she would act like she won the lottery. Oh, my baby! You know, that kind of thing. And you know, you miss those things. And she would just call me sometimes and I have it on my phone. She'll say, I love you. And she'll say, my baby, mama love you so much. And I miss that, you know, because mom always celebrated me when nobody else would. And taught me love, you know, how to love and Love be love when it hurts, you know. Love beyond. My right. mom was the epitome of love, and um, those things I just hold fast to. Um, both of my phones, my mom, my wallpaper, right? Because I can't find those pictures, so I know they're right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Sister Joe, if you will give us your closing remarks. Thank you all so much for coming on and um, talking about this process of grief with us. We hope that something that we said will be able to help you along your journey of grief. Um, like I, like uh, my brothers have said, you know, no one can tell you how long to grieve. I mean, to um, grieve. But um, we just pray that the word that we've released and the word of God mostly is what you'll hold on to. Hold on to that and. And as Dr. Mason said, preparation, preparation is key. Prepare your staff, get in the word, you know, find yourself in a place of worship, find your place in a, in a place where you have people that you can trust and you can talk to who's really going to be there, really going to have your back. Um, if you have questions, um, um, Greg, uh, is there the number listed where they can, you know, possibly talk to somebody um, who's going through the grieving process, you know, because there is help. There is help. Um, I've got, um, and thank you, here are some slideshows of different sites you can go through. I had a, um, a professional send me this information. And so I was going okay. to actually end by saying, um, if you wanted a copy of this slideshow, um, if you could reach out, like maybe through my, e um, my email, I mean, not my email, um, my Facebook page or Messenger, or you can send us an uh, email to for such a time as this 411 at gmail.com. I'll put that in the notes for such a time as this. Yes. All right. Thank you. At gmail.com. I will send you a copy of this. Um, of the slideshow with all this information on it. Um, information, yeah, information will be available. You're fine. Thank you for that. And also I have some friends, they are the Kirby's, they just got married. Um, she lost her husband, he lost his wife and they have a book and they're traveling all around the Atlanta area in different areas and they're talking about it and the name of their book is called Good Grief. And I can connect you with them also um, to get that book out posted on my page. Um, 
Janice Richardson, um, you could go there and you'll see that copy of that book if you want that as a tool also. Um, that's all I have for tonight. If someone will give us a closing prayer. We're going to let Reverend Mason give his closing remarks and I'll close with mine and then okay. we'll, we'll close out. Reverend Mason, if you will. Uh, I would say this. One of the, one of the things that uh, that I was I guess I would say honored to experience with my uh, with my mother is that I had a chance to be her power of attorney. Uh, me and my wife and my oldest brother and his his girlfriend uh, we had an opportunity to take care of mom when she, she couldn't take, take care of herself. That experience there uh, taught me a lot. And in, in that experience of, of taking care of her, it made me aware of what she had to do for me when I could do for myself. So you experience what we call the role, the role reversal between parent and child. To where when I was a child, she took care of me uh, as a parent, and now she's child-like now because she couldn't take care of herself. I had to become a parent, and so it it it, it gave me a different bond. I got to see both bonds to where. The child and parent bond is what I experienced when I was a child, but I also got to experience the parent-child bond as an adult. And I think when you see people grieve, a lot of times you see ones that step up to the plate to take care of mom or dad. Uh, you see them grieve more because they sort of like renewed the bond between each other. Yes. And I will say, you know, to, to anyone that's listening, uh, that's, that's an honor and a privilege to have a sick mother or, or a sick father to be the one to step up to the plate. Yes. And do for them what you knew they had done for you. And you will see that in the end, even though you breathe, Mm -hmm. And you saw for that person. Uh, as Paul says here, you won't grieve as though you have a hope. Not but you grieve in a way, and, and I think Paul Christie, he says, uh, you, you have the hope that has certain expectations of, of, of what is basically guaranteed. And what is guaranteed is that you're going to see Jesus Christ. Yes, that's beautiful. I am grateful that we came together and did this on tonight. Um, <clears throat> never know what people are going through. People are dying and leaving every day. But as you were saying, Sister Joe, or Sister Janice, um, when people die around the holidays, yeah. it magnifies it. Yeah. 
Yes. Because yes. that makes that happy time now to become a sad time. Because we had planned to go a totally different way on tonight, but we we like to get together and come together about what we're going to talk about. And this topic of grief, and if you see me, I'm in black right now. I just left a funeral earlier today. Family laid to rest their loved one. And as it got closer and closer to the end of the funeral, the grief started to hit more and more. Mm -hmm. um, when people die, is it hurts. But when people die around the holiday, like Sister Janice, every Thanksgiving is going to be Thanksgiving, but it's going to be one to where they remember that that's the day Mama died. Right. I remember when my sister was close to transition, and it was close to my daughter's birthday. My daughter's birthday was December second. And I said, I prayed, I said, Lord, please don't let my sister die on my daughter's birthday. Because that would have been a hard day for me to celebrate life and death on the same day. Yeah. And celebrate my daughter and mourn the death of my sister. And he answered that prayer, he let my sister die the next day. So when we go through or when we deal with grief, Remember what Paul says, don't grieve as one who has no hope, yes. especially if your loved one will say. But that says to you, if you're grieving, that means you love them. And if you love them, you ought to love them enough to get saved so you can see them again. Amen. And so Amen. one of the resources that we have on here is a place called GriefShare.com. I think it's a 13-week course. It doesn't cost anything that you could become a part of. But like I said, if you'd like a copy of this slide, which has um, all the information we shared on it that we read tonight, just email me, uh, email one of us at, for such a time as this, for one one at Gmail, send me a message at G. Lewis Tillman, John Scott and Mason, uh, Julie Richardson, or you can find us on Facebook, and we'll get this information out to you. Again, we pray that something has been said to bless you. We pray that somebody that is grieving can take light from us and understand that uh, Sister Latimer bless you and thank you for listening to us as we share. Um, we pray that something we say can uplift you because it is true. God will allow you to go through to help bring somebody else through. So tonight we give God all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And there's been our key right there. We got through and we're getting through because yeah. God continues to bring us through. Amen. If it wasn't for the Lord on all of our side, we don't know what we did. Let's go. Amen. Father, we thank yes. you. We bless you. We give you all glory, honor, yes, and praise. God, we thank you for it. Laying this on our heart to do. And God, we thank you for this venue of social media that can be used for good. Yes. God, we want to continue to use it for your glory. God, for each and every individual that tuned in, that listened, that stopped by, God, we just ask and pray that you touch them, dear God, in the areas that need help. God, if somebody's grieving, comfort their hearts, God. Let them know that even though their loved one is gone, you're still yeah. right there. 
Yes. Yes. God, we give you the praise and honor and glory for what you've done for us three individually, how you brought us through, how you're yes. keeping us, how on our days where we feel weak, where yes. we cry and we miss our loved ones, yes, that you hold us, strengthen us, and you wipe our tears away. We just yes. bless you for it, God. And so, God, we ask and pray that you do for others what you've done for us. Yes. Thank you, Lord. That somebody that's even know you're right there, God. Yes. Yes, all Lord. All they have to do is turn to you. Thank yes. you for Sister Janice, dear God, and her testimony. Thank you for Reverend Mason, dear God, and what he shared. Thank you. Thank you, God, for what you allowed us to share on the night. And so, God, until you bring us together again, thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We be back next week. We will take next week off. We're going to alternate weeks, um, but you will see us put up individual things on our Facebook pages, on TikTok pages of that nature. We bless you all for being with us. We give God the glory. Again, we hope and pray that something was seen to help you along the way. Until God brings us together again, you all be blessed. Good night. Right. Good night.